The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Thank you so much for joining us. We're in week three of our study through the Gospel of Luke. As we've seen in the previous two weeks, Luke begins further back in the life of Jesus than anyone else, and he actually goes further through with the book of Acts. He shows more of what Jesus did and began to teach in hopes that we might know that truth and be able to put our hope and our faith in him. We did not just haphazardly choose to start Luke when we did. Actually, we're going to be able to get to December 23rd, which is our Christmas Eve Eve service. We're going to have two services at each campus, both at 5 and 6.30, both Oklahoma City and Norman. And on that day, we'll be in the Gospel of Luke at the birth of Jesus. So we're building the story back now. We're showing all that God did to prepare the way. If you were with us last week, we saw the story of Zachariah, who was old in years. He and his wife Elizabeth had never been able to have children, but then they were told, you're going to have a child. That child's name is going to be John the Baptist. John the Baptist is going to go before Jesus to prepare the way. And because of him, many, many in Israel, many of the children of God will return to the Lord. So we saw that last week. And now this week, we see the same angel Gabriel come and put another proclamation in front of a very key component to our narrative, Mary, the mother of Jesus. We see that in the gospel of Luke more than any other place, but we will pull a few verses from Matthew. You're going to see this as we walk through the gospel of Luke. There are other gospels that are going to give us just a, a little bit fuller picture, and we'll pull those in when necessary, but Luke is the text that we're walking through. So we're in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56 today. A bunch of text to get through, but a beautiful, beautiful picture of Mary being told about the blessing that will come from her, and that is our Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... So Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. God sent the angel Gabriel, who had gone to Zechariah, to Nazareth, that's a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. So to Mary, a virgin pledged to be married. She's engaged to Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, in the Greek in the first century, the word virgin and young girl are kind of interchangeable. Mary is both. She's somewhere between the age of 13 and 18. She's a virgin. She is engaged to be married to Joseph, who we think is a little bit older than her. That's not uncommon in the first century. She's just a normal girl, except for one thing. On this particular day, the angel from the throne room of God comes down and says, God thinks highly of you. You are incredibly favored among him, and he is going to use you to do something great that's going to change the world forever. And now we have to ask ourselves, what in the world makes this teenage girl, one of thousands literally in Galilee who worshiped the Lord, what makes her so special? What allows her to be chosen to be the mother of God? How does she get this? Well, we revere Mary 2,000 years later because she is the mother of the Son of God. We, we revere her for that, and we should. But she hasn't done that yet. So what makes her special? What allows her to be highly favored by God? 
to be chosen for this incredible task. I, I think we have some clues from the narrative here. We have some clues from her own response. Let's look at verses 29 through 30. Mary was greatly troubled. Now, it doesn't say she was afraid. One of the only times in the New Testament where someone is approached by an angel, but doesn't say that they're afraid. She was troubled. She was troubled by what he was saying. She was troubled at his words and wondered, what, cry, what kind of greeting might this be? You're highly favored amongst the Lord. He reveres you. This troubled her. It's a good clue. But the angel said to her, verse 30, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Her response gives us, I think, the first of two clues into why she was chosen. It's her humility. Your words, they don't make sense to me. I'm not special. I'm just a young girl in a small town engaged to a normal man, a carpenter. There's nothing about me that's special, but the Lord knew the heart. The Lord always knows the heart. And what he saw in Mary was a humble servant. In light of who God is, Mary was humble and willing to do whatever the Lord called her to. And that is why God chose her. It was her humility, her understanding of who God is, how great he is, and how small she is. Verse 31, Gabriel, still speaking, says, You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you're to call him Jesus. His name is to be Jesus. Just as Gabriel had told Zechariah to name his son John, Mary is told to name her son Jesus. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 gives us just a little bit more. It says this, She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. His name, Jesus, Yahshua in the Hebrew, it means to deliver or rescue from what? From sin. There's a lot in a name. And Jesus, the name of this baby, the name of the Son of God, is given for a very specific reason. He will come and deliver or rescue his people, the people of God, from their sins. Luke chapter 1, verses 32 through 38. Talking about Jesus, once again, to Mary. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. So the Most High is the most revered term that we call God, that we can use. And so he's going to be the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Joseph is from the line of David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Jacob became Israel. All of Jacob's descendants are the Israelites. He will reign over all of them forever. His kingdom will not end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. I'm a virgin. Very biological question. I can't have a baby because I've never had sex. How is this going to happen? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that it can be said that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God because God is the Father. Even Elizabeth, if you need a sign, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child, even though she's very, very old. Okay, there's, gonna, there's something I want to show you. You're going to know that what I'm saying is true because Elizabeth, while she should never be pregnant right now, she is pregnant even though she's old. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is actually in her sixth month of pregnancy for no word from God will ever fail. 
I came to Zechariah six months ago, and what I said would happen has happened, and you can go see that. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. If God's word never fails, then may your word be fulfilled. I'm in, I'm in. I am your servant. That is huge. If you're underlining, taking notes, I am the Lord's servant. And then at the end of verse 38, the angel left her. Our second clue, I am the Lord's servant. Whatever he needs, I'm willing to do. Can you imagine you imagine, just stop and put yourself in the room for one second. A young girl engaged to be married, the rest of your life in front of you, an angel comes and tells you, you are going to bear the son of God. And you go, that's hard. How's that going to happen? The angel explains how it's going to happen, gives you proof with another sign that you have a relative, probably a great aunt named Elizabeth, who's pregnant. She's not supposed to be. You can go see her in a moment. But this is going to happen. And then Mary says, okay, I, I haven't had time to process this, but I am the Lord's servant. You will carry God's baby. And her response, I'm the Lord's servant. Your fiance, Joseph, is going to flip out. Her response, I'm the Lord's servant. She's beyond scared and I'm sure very confused. Her response I'm the Lord's servant. Whatever he needs from me, we can learn a lot from Mary. Her response, her humility. I don't understand it, but if God's in it, I'm for it because I am his servant. Now what happens next is that Mary either ran to get away from the circumstance, or she wanted to go affirm that what the angel had said about Elizabeth was true. Either way, she goes on a trip to see her relative Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. At that time, at that very moment, Mary got ready, she put together as much stuff as she could carry, and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. So from Nazareth to where she went, it's 81 miles as the crow flies on a road much further. It would have taken her days, even a young, healthy woman, it would have taken her days to get to Elizabeth's house in the countryside of Judea. Verse 40, when she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, okay, she got there, made the greeting. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby within her, which is John the Baptist, leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, it's not like demon possession, the Holy Spirit came over her, and Elizabeth starts to prophesy prophesy, starts to praise God instantaneously because of the Holy Spirit, because of what John had done in her. In verse 42, it says, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Mary hasn't had a pregnancy test yet. She didn't walk in and tell Elizabeth, hey, I talked to Gabriel, the angel, same one you maybe heard from a few months ago. No, none of that. She walked through the door and the Holy Spirit responded in Elizabeth. She said, blessed are you. Blessed is the child within you. Verse, 30, uh, verse 43. But why am I so favored? Elizabeth's asking, why am I so favored? 
that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Oh, don't miss that. She's 80 something years old looking at a teenage girl and goes, how am I so blessed to have you in my home? Because the baby that is maybe a couple weeks old inside your belly, it is the Lord. I know it's the Lord. And you're in my presence. How do I get to be so lucky? Verse 44, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. The six-month-old fetus, John the Baptist, leapt at the week-old fetus of Jesus. Verse 45, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Remember Mary's last words to Gabriel. If you say it's going to happen, then let it happen. I'm your servant. Elizabeth, decades wiser, more mature, loving, looks at a descendant, a relative of hers and says, you were faithful. You were humble and God has done something great in you. He favors you. Now, I don't know, church, if you've ever had to step out and trust God for something. He's called you to something. And I don't know if you've ever felt the relief that comes when someone else affirms what God has called you to. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I know for me, 11 years ago, starting Summit, it was a huge, daunting task. But there were multiple people along the way, kind of like Elizabeth, who said, hey, I think that what you're doing is from the Lord. Hey, I'm behind behind you. I've got you. Hey, God is in this. And I can't tell you how much those words of affirmation meant to me, meant to my wife, meant to Jay and Mary as we just pioneered out going, I don't know if we're hearing the Lord or not. But I have to imagine for Mary in this moment, she doesn't speak, right? She hasn't spoken yet. She just walks in and goes, hey, Elizabeth, I came to visit. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, starts to say how amazing Mary is, how blessed she is, what an opportunity she has. Those words affirm people who are trying to humbly pursue the Lord. And I can't imagine what they meant to Mary. Mary would stay with Elizabeth for a few months. We're going to skip down to Luke chapter 1 verse 56 and just see how this section ends, okay? But Luke chapter 1 verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Why three months? I think because John the Baptist was born at about three months, okay? So Mary gets to see John the Baptist. She's now three, three and a half, four months pregnant, she gets to hold John the Baptist. She goes, all right, I better go home. I want you to understand, we don't have cell phones. We don't have emails. We don't have any way for Mary to communicate. She probably told Joseph, I'm going to see family. I'll be back when I get back. And now she returns home from the Judean countryside, three to four months pregnant. She left not pregnant. He did not go with her. And she returns with a child can you imagine the gossip? Can you imagine the scandal that would have rocked Nazareth? Oh, did you hear about Mary and Joseph? She went away for a while. She came back. That can't be his kid. Poor Joseph. It appears at this point, he had no idea. 
his fiance just came back home from a long trip and she's got a bump. You talk about humility. Matthew tells the story more than Luke does about how Joseph responded, but he was going to just divorce Mary or break off the engagement quietly and, and let it be. But luckily an angel told Joseph what was going on. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. But after, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It is the Son of God. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. I know that it's grace that this angel would step in at this moment and let Joseph know what's going on, but here's the reality. Not one person in that town would ever believe them. The story's too outlandish. It's God. It's, God. it's God's baby. I know she left, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep her because it's, you know, it's God's child there. I can only imagine how ridiculously hard the next five months were for them. For both of them. But you know what? Sometimes obedience to God doesn't win us a bunch of friends. Has your faithfulness to God ever cost you certain family members? Certain friends? Certain job opportunities? You knew that what you were doing was right, but other people just couldn't see it. Other people just didn't have the vision for it. You were trying to be faithful, but... Staying the course meant a lot of ridicule. Mary was highly favored by God long before she was chosen to carry the Son of God. But she was chosen to carry the Son of God because God knew she would stay the course. Because God knew that Joseph would stay by her side. God knows our faithfulness. He knows our obedience. And it's in this faithfulness and obedience, it's in in this servant mindset that Mary sings a song. To to kind of finish our text today, we'll go back and we'll pick up what's called Mary's Magnificat. It's her hymn praise that she sings in front of Elizabeth. This is not in front of Joseph. This is not in front of the angel. This is in front of Elizabeth back in her home. And these are the verses. These are the, this is the song of praise that she has. Luke chapter one, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said this, my soul glorifies the Lord. That's my magnificate. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God who is my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He saw my humility and he chose me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Why? Because I'm going to be the mother of God. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercies, they extend to those who fear him, who revere him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud, not the humble. Those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has always lifted up the humble like me. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped 
his servant Israel, his children, remembering to be merciful to them, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised to our ancestors. If God says it is so, it will be so. Church, what do we learn from Mary? Her beautiful song, her humble status before the Lord. What do we learn? We learn this that God's mercy extends to those who fear and revere him, to those who humble themselves before the Lord. If you are desiring the mercy of God, if you're saying in this season, God, I need more of you, then will you humble yourself before him? Don't say, I deserve more, God, because of how good I am. Say, I deserve nothing, but humbly I ask for more of your mercy and more of your grace. God's mercy extends to those who revere him. The second thing, it is not about you. Mary knew that. She goes, I am going to be blessed from all times now because I get to carry the Son of God. But that's not for me to boast in. I boast in my humility. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. Church, this season, your faith, where you rest, your security, it's all about Jesus and his salvation It's not about how easy it is or hard it is. It's not about what you have or don't have. It is all about him. And Mary knew this, whatever the Lord needs, I am your servant. A challenge for you this week, what do you need to do differently to live completely for Jesus? What what needs to change in you? What mindset, what sin needs to be renounced and repented from? What needs to change for you to live completely for him, driven by your awe of God, of who he is, not what he owes you? How could you this week humble yourself, humble your posture before the Lord in hopes that he will bring you favor? When Gabriel stepped into the room with this young woman, to change her life forever, the first thing that he said is, you are highly favored by God. Why? Why? Because Mary was completely humble before him. Humble yourself before the Lord that he might favor you and pour out his mercy and his blessing upon you. I don't know anyone, anyone watching today who doesn't need that. And so your posture and your humility before him, they matter. Humble yourself before the Lord so that he might favor you. Father, I pray that we would do just that as we've learned from Mary today, your servant, the one who we revere in this season as carrying the son of God. We thank you, Lord, for sending your son to this earth. May we humble ourselves before him and before you. And may you find favor in us because of our humility. Help us, help us to set aside our pride, our arrogance, our security, Lord, and trust in you completely. It's in your name we pray, amen.